passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Believe in Bears. My name is Joey Christopoulos, my co-host, Corey Wooten. But first, today's episode is presented by BetOnline.ag. Football is back and better than ever. All eyes are on the gridiron this season as teams are back on the field for another football year. And as always, BetOnline, it's your number one spot for all the pro and college football action this season. It's got a new updated site and interface. There are even more odds, props, and contests. BetOnline continues to be the number one source for everything football. So head to the website, use your mobile device to sign up today. You'll receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit if you use promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, to receive that bonus. Football, basketball, boxing, MLB playoffs, hockey, hoops. Right back down to your favorite Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the 2021 season. BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming into the pod. Bears lose a tough one at Soldier Field in Week 6 to the Packers 24-14. They're in the ballgame for a little while, but again, the same old story, same old result. But first, let's bring in my co-host, former Bears defensive end, Fox 32 Chicago's, and fresh off of Disney World. Almost wishes he maybe had stayed before watching that football game right there. It's Corey Wooten. What's up, Corey? Oh, man. Um... I hate to say this, but you told me so. I I thought I told you so, but didn't end up working that way. But man, it was it was it was a tough game because this is this is one that we have been talking about, and I, I really felt confident in the Bears winning this one uh, more so than any other Bears Packers game in, in in the last ten years or so. I, I really felt good about it, you know, just with how Green Bay was playing this season. You know, even even though they have been stacking wins. I didn't feel like they were that Green Bay team of the past that just felt unreachable. That's why I really felt like this game was was in reach. And at some points it was. It really was. Um, you know, at one point in time, it was 14-17. Uh, I think, uh, you know, we're down by three at one point in time. So the, the ball was in our court. We just couldn't finish. Yeah, we were up 7-0. We were tied 7-7, down 10-7. And then, as you said, down 17-14 at one point in the game. Corey, look. I am not here to gloat or take credit for this one at all. No, you can do it. You can do it. Oh, man, I'll do it later. I'll do it later in the season, man. Because, right. look, because here's, here's the deal, though, man. It's like what is I've kind of picked up on is that you still laid out a game plan that I think that they try to put out there. They just were unable to execute at times. And there was a stretch in that second and third quarter where the offense just got really out of whack. And I'm wondering maybe we can start with the offense first in this game. Again, mm-hmm. got off to a quick start. I think the stuff that we've been talking about on the pod about getting Justin Fields involved a little bit earlier in the game while also incorporating the running game, I think we saw that on full display early on in that game. Mm-hmm. Justin Fields 3-for-3 three three on that first drive, looked really sharp, and then got out of whack, and then they scored later on. But it, all, all in all, it was it, we all came up short. What was your overall takeaway from the body of work, the four-quarter body of work from this offense in this game against the Packers? You know, I, I thought at, at times it looked, looked great, right? With the, with the first two drives, I really like those first two drives. And that's like the common theme with this offense. You, even when Andy Dalton was playing, it seems like they start very fast, right? Those scripted plays are very, they, they execute them very well. Um, and they usually score or put themselves in a position to score um, most of the time. So I thought they did a great job. That first drive was unbelievable. I was like, okay, exactly what we're yeah. talking about. Mixing this run and pass. Justin Fields looked comfortable. Okay, this is this is exactly the game plan that we talked about. We scripted it up. It was great. And then second drive I thought was okay. And then after that, then every game it seems to be, with the exception of the Lions game, it seemed to be a lull, right? It's kind of like, okay, uh, you know, no, this is not working. This is not. And, and I think it comes down to this, right? 
they sometimes abandon the run game at times. And, and I feel like they get to a point where like, okay, let's pass, let's pass. And I'm like, no, the whole thing we talked so, about was once being it, once it got to 10, seven, once it got to 10, seven, I feel like they're yeah. exactly what you're talking about. Yeah, exactly. Yep. When it got to 10, seven, and I think this is supposed to be a two to one, you know, run to pass ratio team. And it was, it was pretty balanced 50, 50 in this game. I think they threw the ball maybe one more time. I think it was 27 throws, 26 rushes. So I would like to see the, see see it go the other way, uh, more run favored, and I, and I think that's going to help Justin Fields out. And you, you had a good tweet out there talking about you know the bumps. You know if you're not ready for your go go ahead tell me tell tell us the tweet. I don't want to get it wrong. Yeah. So my thing was that, and we talked about it on this pod was you know when Justin Fields becomes the full time starter, we want to see him get reps and experience, which means guess what? The rookie is going to have bumps in the road. We've established that, we've communicated that, and we've agreed upon it. So for any of the Bears fans after this game, specifically against this one against the Packers in Week 6, to start griping about fields, my thing was, if you're not going to wear a seatbelt while we drive down this road with the bumps in the road, you're going to get some whiplash with all your complaining, all right? I mean, this is this is a part <laughs> of that process, man. We're going to see that 98-mile-an-hour fastball down the middle to Colt Komet, and then we're going to see in that second quarter where – I thought Green Bay did a pretty decent job of whatever they did. They got us out of whack, right? And there exactly. was an eight or nine play sequence where I feel like Justin Fields took some hits, and you know what I mean? We just mm -hmm. really kind of struggled. And I just think that's really a part of the maturation process of Fields right now. A 22-year-old, exactly. by the way. Yeah, and I think the thing is, I think every game from here on out until he gets more comfortable has to be that same two-to-one ratio. Mm -hmm. And you look at it, even in the Raiders game where it wasn't perfect, this, that, and the other – you got to a point where you were just establishing the run. And remember I told you about the body shots and this just should have been the same thing for this green Bay game. And I, I truly think if they would have just, you know, ran the football majority of the game. Right. And in certain situations, mixed that, that play action in there, I think they would have had a better chance to win this football game. And I, I think it comes down to that because you have to take the pressure off them right now in this situation, right? This is a big game against green Bay all the marbles are over here. We haven't beat Green Bay in a while. Aaron Rodgers owns us, like he's saying. This is a situation where you just have to take the pressure off him, right? Run the football. And you look at the way Khalil Herbert was running the football. He only had 13 carries, right? I mean, they only had 26 as a team. But listen, I think he's got he's to get more carries in this game. You know, if, if he does, I think we're able to control the clock. We're able to keep Aaron Rodgers off the field. We're able to keep Devontae Adams off the field. Um and I think it just makes for a better performance for Justin Fields. Because when you just have him drop back there, right now, he's not comfortable enough to, to keep his eyes down the field, scramble, you know, uh, be, be able to dictate, hey, am I going to pass it? Am I going to run? He seems kind of in between that. You know, you see some of the sacks he took, you know, with Clark the one time. That's the situation where he needs to be able to Keep his eyes down the field, right? You see the, the, the defender coming after you, right? The defensive lineman. And you get away from him, right? To a point where he cannot catch you. Then you look down the field for your option to either pass the ball or run. That's what they need to keep it, you know, for him. That needs to be his options right now. Because when he scrambles, like you saw when he was definitive about scrambling, <laughs> that was a nightmare for, for Green Bay. When he just When he just took it and went, I mean, that is a nightmare. And I think that should be that should be his go to right now. And that's that's not a knock on him. That's that's a strength, you know, for for whatever. Oh, he's not throwing it. A first down is a first down. Eight yards is eight yards. Twelve yards is 12 yards. You know, long scrambles like that. It makes the defense tired. It gets them out of whack. And what do they do? They they keep an extra guy the next time. So what does that do? Free up another um, offensive weapon. So I think that should be his progression. Right. If you know, if he's scrambling. Right. Beat, beat the defender that's chasing you right away. Then keep your eyes down the field with the option to run or pass. And then if he's in the pocket, if it's not there, go. You know, because that's what's going to separate him from any other quarterback in this league is, is the threat to run the football. So I think if they can simplify that, that will make things a lot easier. Because you can see he doesn't have that clock in his head to be like, okay, one, two, three, let's get it out or go. He's kind of in between now. And that's why this season he's taken a lot of sacks that he shouldn't. And the one sack in the, in the Raiders game where it looked like he almost blew out his knee, you know, that should have been avoided, you know, so he needs to, he needs to have that clock in his head. So I'm going to ask you this question and forgive me. It's going to feel like it's a little bit leading, but it's getting into something that I, a little bit bigger picture that I want to get into. So 
out of you know he's 22 years old he's a rookie right now and let's just be fair i'm not sure we're not being derogatory we're just being objectively honest out of every 10 plays that justin fields runs in your opinion right now just at where he is in the progression of his career how many of those plays out of that 10 do you feel like is he's reading completely correctly and how many do you think that you know as you mentioned he's caught in between and how many do you think that he's you know you know maybe just kind of doing what his god-given ability is giving him to do you know what i mean is he Yep. I think it's maybe about a three, four reading it correctly out of 10. Yeah. Somewhere in yeah, there. Yeah, I think so. And, and yep, I think about three to four out of 10. And I think it depends on, on what, what we're throwing at him, right? If what kind of play it is. If it's that hard play action, that's where he is the most confident. And I, and I, I really feel like that's a nine out of a 10. If we ran 10 of those plays, he feels com- comfortable, right? Because he's able to buy time. He has that protection. And I think when it comes down to a regular drop back, you know, remember I talked about quarterbacks sometimes getting antsy in the pocket and you can tell he's, he gets a little antsy. Um, you know, I think he's confident in his ability, but I think he's overthinking things, you know, and, and, and that's, that's what a lot of young quarterbacks do. And I think he, he's thinking, okay, okay. You know, I want to make the right read and perfect read. And yes. there's, there's no such thing as a perfect read, right? One, two, tuck it and go. That's what they need to have two progressions and tuck it and go at that point. Cause I think that's going to simplify things. And it's going to allow him to limit his turnovers and it's going to allow him to maximize his feet, right? So instead of maybe a bad play that he could have threw for a pick or a bad throw, Aaron throw, he's got five yards. He's got six yards. He's got eight yards, 10 yards on a good scramble. It's, it's going to lead to a lot more positive plays. And then what I, what I tell you, that wears on the defense mentally. They're like, dang it, we cannot get home with this guy. He's, he's one, two, and then he's out. You know, and that's such a hard matchup. I talked about him using his legs. So I think if they could simplify stuff like that, but it's getting back to what he's comfortable, right? Look at that Lions game. And he was like, well, the Lions defense was it? Lions defense and Green Bay's defense, in my opinion, are very similar. You know, I they, I, I think, you know, they are very similar in, in certain aspects. You look at, um, you know, their weapons defensively. I didn't think like anybody really jumped out. Like you look at the pass rushers for Green Bay, you know, um, Preston Smith. I don't think he's as dominant without Zedarius Smith there at all. I mean, I think that's been shown this year. I think Detroit was the same thing. They didn't have any ace pass rushers, I feel like. And we were able to just game plan them and and mixing that that run, right? Setting up the run, setting up the run. And so the, that first drive in the second half of the Lions game, that was scripted masterfully. Bill Lazor, right? A run uh, to David Montgomery, then a run to Mooney. And then it's set up with, I believe, the Allen Robinson, uh, I think it was the out route uh, corner cut, right on the money, thread the needle, then another one to Mooney. So you kept them off balance. And how to start with that hard play action look set up by what? The run. And that's what they should have been doing in this game. And like I told you, in the Raiders game, they stuck with the run, right? They stuck with it, they stuck with it. In this game, I thought it should have been a thing where you run the ball majority of the time and, and you keep Aaron Rodgers off the field, and that's how you win the game. So I think if they can get in situations like that where, you know, they set up that run with the hard play action, because it seems like once he he completes one of those hard play action looks, he gets that confidence. You can just tell, okay, you know, he has an extra pep in his step. And sometimes different quarterbacks need different things, right? Aaron Rodgers, once he gets outside the pocket, and, he's, and he throws off that one leg and completes it, that's where he gets that pep in his step. Like after he completed Devontae Adams, when he ran in for the, that's when you knew it was game time. Like every quarterback has their thing. Justin Fields, that hard play action look where he can st- set up his feet, have that bounce, pump, and that's where he gets his confidence. So they need to realize that and, and be like, okay, let's, let's set up the running game, right? Boom. Let's get a first. And after that, hard play action look with two tight ends in there. Get him the confidence up. Okay, and the next one, let's let's run let's run a boot the other way. Let's get him on the move and, and comfortable. So that hard play action, the boots, the sprint outs, that's that's where he feels comfortable, you know. He can throw the ball in the pocket, don't get me wrong, but you have to do these plays to get him comfortable in the pocket, right? It's it's, it's like a setup. That's what it is. Dude, you, so you are vibing perfectly with where I was going with this. So now let's just say he's at, uh, you know, let's just say out of four, he's at a four out of ten right now because he's a rookie. Mm-hmm. And a couple of those plays, he's just relying on God-given talent, ability, and instincts, which sometimes has him using his yep. legs. I think the Pro Bowl 
caliber quarterbacks, I think eventually they probably get up to the 7, 8, and maybe the Peyton Mannings and the Tom Brady's get to the 9, 10 of reading mm-hmm. every t- you know, every play perfectly. And to your point also as well, real quick, you know, the Packers, they only average 4.4 yards per pass, uh, you know, in yep. the air. So, I mean, Aaron Rodgers, we held them under 200 yards passing. They still put up 24 points. So they're mm-hmm. running the game plan that we probably wanted to run. They were able to score points. We weren't. So where's the connection there? And look, we talked about it in this pod before. I don't want to hit the button every time the Bears lose and pull out and do this Matt Nagy broad picture stuff. But I do want to ask you this because this is kind of what you're alluding to right now. From my perspective, from my seat right now, I feel like our coaching staff is progressing and trying to learn Justin Fields at the exact same time Justin Fields is trying to learn the NFL. Where, And I want to ask you, is that a concern for you long-term? Because... Typically, when you teach someone how to ride a bike, you already know how to ride the bike, right? You're not tandem riding the bike, both of you kind of wobbling down the road a little bit. And typically, you think the coaches are meant to put Justin Fields in the best position to succeed on a weekly basis. They're supposed to know a little bit better about the NFL Mm -hmm. than Justin Fields. And it feels a little bit more concurrent and a little bit more even right now with some of these. I mean, we're working on a running game, but especially in this game, when you play a big boy like the Green Bay Packers, is the coaching staff progressing with Justin Fields the way that you would like to see it through three games right now? Is it an incomplete? Is it an INC? Do you have a concern level with that right now? Because I'm kind of scratching my head and asking my questions and thinking about the long term of what this all looks like with Justin Fields and Matt Nagy as head coach. Yeah, you know, I feel like that Lions game, the bounce back game from the Browns, I thought that was what what I wanted to see on a weekly basis because – People say, oh, well, this this team and that team, and, and I, I don't think there's there's much of a difference between that Lions defense and the Raiders and, and the Packers. I, I honestly don't think so. I, I don't, you know, the Browns defense, that, that is a different story. Well, they were playing at a high level that day. But I think that should have been the same game plan from the beginning, you know, really establish that running game. And, you know, we don't have David Montgomery, but Khalil Herbert looks pretty damn good out there, you know, so we, we, have, a, we have a beast in there. And, and that's what I think needs to be like every every game has been that two to one ratio that run run favoring the pass. Um, so I think we need to get back to that. I, I think that needs to be the, the the mantra of the team. And it shouldn't be about let's let Justin Fields do this and that. And, and sometimes I think coaches try to get too cute. And at times I think that's what laser tries to do. OK, let's drop them back. Let's do this. If the game is tight, if, it, if it's, uh, you know, 17 to 14, run the football. That's that's a tight game. It, un- unless, you know, you're down to the two-minute warning and, and you need, sc- like, run the football. You know, that's too tight of a game to, to be like, okay, we need to pass the ball here. No, you don't. It doesn't matter how you score, how you control the clock, how you control possessions, but running the football is going to make everything that much easier, and and it puts the pressure on that defense. And after a while, Khalil Herbert was breaking these runs, right? So I wish that we just continued it, you know, and, and – and in situations, I feel like coaches in general, they start panicking once you get in the second half. They're like, okay, uh, we, we need to score. We need to score right now. Uh, let, let's pass the ball. Let's, let's favor the pass. And then you see sometimes where they're throwing the ball three consecutive times in a row, and you're like, why not set it up? Let's set it up, right? We're running the ball well. Can I ask a quick yeah. question? Can you, respect, yeah. can you respect a player too much? Can you respect Aaron Rodgers too much where it gets you out of your own game plan? Is that even a thing that happens? Because I felt like it was like, uh uh-oh, we're down 10-7. If we don't start throwing the ball here and we don't start matching him, you know what I mean, shot for shot, we're in a lot of trouble. And I felt like we were playing more to the – we're playing more to counter Aaron Rodgers than to counter our own game plan. I mean, what's your take on that? Yeah, no – I, I think sometimes like it's, it's, it's like that, that Bryson DeChambeau effect, right? Like he was, he was having Rory, Rory McElroy, who was one, one of the longest hitters in the PGA trying to get more distance. And yes. you're like, he's only 10 yards behind him. Like, why is he? So it gets in your head, you know, and you start thinking like, okay, like we, we need to do this or we need to do that. And, and it's, it's not that you run your own race and that's how it is. Like what the bears do and what green Bay does is completely different because you, you have a proven quarterback in Aaron Rodgers that no matter what situation, when, when you need to make a play, he's going to make a play. Right. And Justin Fields, he's young in his career and he can make a play when he needs to. Right. 
But if, if you're gonna if you're gonna put the odds in, in one quarterback's favor, who's gonna make a play when they need to? You're gonna put that money on Aaron Rodgers, right? Yeah. So why not take the pressure off off a guy like Justin Fields and say, listen, let's run the football, right? Let's put the pressure on Green Bay. Let's take the ball out of Aaron Rodgers and let's run our race. But but coaches sometimes are like, okay, let's pass the ball. Let's pass. And it's almost like they want to prove that hey, Justin Fields can be the passer that we needed. And it's not about that because you look at when they were winning football games, right? The, the, the past two weeks before this, and it's like this, right? What was the recipe, right? Running the football, even in the Raiders game, Justin Fields stats weren't great, mm-hmm. right? But he made decisions when he need to, we pass the ball when we need to. And what do we do? Rely on the running game. And that's what it needs to be every week. And I don't know why we thought uh, this situation, you should never have three consecutive pass plays unless he's on fire. I'm just telling you that should never be like that right now. And, and it's almost like they try to get too cute. Like, let's, let's see what he can do. Let's do it. And I understand that to a certain extent, if the play is scripted well, right. If, if you're, if you're running the football first, then do a rollout boot where you give him the option to run, to pass. And then he's one-on-one on a defensive end. I like that matchup, but in certain situations where you're having him hold the ball, right. On, on different plays that have progressions, right. One, two, three. That's too much right now, right? One, two, it's not there, go. So I, that that's and, – and you saw towards the end of the game when he scrambled a little bit, that's what he did. He read the progression, one, two, and then he hit it and ran. And and he got first downs. He got chunks of yards. And that's what it needs to be. And and they just need to simplify it for him. And, you know, that's the thing. We're going we're gonna to have some growing pains with him. And I think – even myself included, I, I expect him to light it up at times. And I'm like, okay, let me just pump the brakes, right? He's a talented guy. And the thing is, he succeeded at every level from college, uh, high school. He hasn't lost. So I know this is tough for him. And it's a different ball game at this level, right? The speed. He's got great speed. But the thing is, if he holds the ball second longer at this level as opposed to college, college, he can get away from those guys. This level, he cannot. Right. So you cannot hold even a guy like Kenny Clark, who's a defensive tackle. Right. He held the ball for a second longer. And in college, he get away from a defensive tackle like not Kenny Clark. OK. And that Justin Fields is way faster. than So that just shows how fast you have to be on your reads and a split split decision. A split second can be the difference between you getting a sack and you getting a first down. So I, I think he's starting to realize that. Yeah, I'm right there with you. Uh, in the passing game, yeah, even when he tries to evade the pocket, you know, the margin for error for him is just a lot slimmer than what I think he's used to, and I think that's a huge yep. adjustment. And I really like to believe that once he does kind of lock into that adjustment, I think we're going to see. I think we're going to see things really, really change pretty, pretty quickly with Justin Fields. And I do think that it could probably happen within this season. Look, there's 11 games more to go. There's a lot of football left to be played, and there's a lot of progression for Justin Fields to get better with every single week moving forward. Yeah. To your point as well, I think with the coaching staff, the problem was we had that opportunity where we got the ball towards the end of the first half, and we were getting the ball back in the second half. And for mm-hmm. some people, you know, I, when I play Madden, that's my favorite. It's my favorite time mm-hmm. of the game, right? It's like I can kind of do whatever I want towards the end of the second half, First half, excuse me, but I can try and score and get the ball right back again and then get back and do my thing again, build off of that. And they kind of sort of, once they blew that opportunity a little bit, they felt like they were playing catch-up. I want to ask you about one more critical thing, and then I want to maybe try and spin some positives out of the offense, maybe moving forward and then hit some defense with you. My last one for you is three minutes to go. Mm -hmm. Rodgers just scored 24-14. It's third and fifteen. Can you explain to me why, and you've just been talking about it, why we're having Justin Fields do a one, two, three look progression where all the routes on the replays go past the sticks of the 15 yards when we could have just done an underneath pass, kick a field goal, go to 24 17 with your three timeouts and roll the dice there? You know, what is the NFL mentality there? Because as a fan, I, I'm like, I know we need the touchdown, but you also need the field goal. So. You can easily get those five, seven yards, kick a 45-yarder, and get it within a touchdown. What was going on there? Did you agree with that call? What did you see on that play? No, I didn't agree with that because I think that's a situation where where I agree with you. I think you need to get it, you know, a five-yard pass, allow your your, uh, receiver to get a couple extra chunk yards, get it down, get a field goal. And I'm going to bet on it. Defense was playing pretty well majority of the day, you know. 
And you know, in a situation like that, when they get the ball back, what are they going to do? They're going to run the football. So you're going to anchor down. You're going to have your best run defense. And then I'm going to bet on the defense, right? That's the situation. But I didn't understand, like, they were trying to go for a first down on that because that's just not a high percentage play by any means, right? With a rookie. And, and yeah. With a rookie, of all things. Um, he can't take the sack on there. He can't do that. Um, but they, they have to game plan that better for him, right? You need to get a situation, field goal, get, you know, hopefully your defense, right? The pride of your team, the, the backbone of your team, you know, the rock of your team is going to, is going to come up with, with a big stop and get the ball back. That's, that's what you're hoping on. And in that situation, if they don't, it is what it is, right? You relied on the defense, the defense needs to step up in certain situations and it, it is what it is, but I, I just didn't get that play. Um, but even despite the play, he knows he's a smart guy. He knows that he cannot take that sack, right? So even if he has a situation where, because he had Jimmy Graham wide open, you know, in a situation. I'm not saying he was wide, wide open, but he had a situation where as soon as he turned, he could throw it. He's a big body. He had the guy boxed out, you know, get the ball right there. We kick a field goal. You know, we're, with, we're within, a, you know, uh, a score. So I feel I feel good about that. But, yeah, I just – I don't like the calls at certain times. I think you're putting too much pressure on him. And I think some people should expect him to be like, okay, yeah, yeah, he, we drafted him. He, he needs to feel that pressure. Yeah, he does. But you, but you got to game plan it well for him. And I just think that was, that was not the best call in, in that situation. Yeah, every, every situation is different within a game. I know that the NFL is all about going for it on fourth down now with that type of aggression. And there's analytics and all that stuff out there. I just don't understand why you would put him in that particular situation at that particular point in the game. And unfortunately didn't work out. He did take that sack. We never really had the opportunity to, you know, play meaningful football the rest of that game as they kind of ran down the clock. My final one on the offense, I'm going to let you pick because, Hey, let's, let's, let's try and spin it a little bit forward here in a positive way. We only scored 14 points and look, Matt Nagy's coached 57 games now. 27 games of those have been 20 points or less. I mean, this is a running theme. It's a 50-50 ball, right, of, yeah. of how many points we're going to score in a game. But, hey, pauses for you. I'm going to let you take a pick. Not today, not tomorrow, but in a couple weeks, two, three weeks from now. Dave Montgomery, Damian Williams, and Khalil Herbert will all be active at one point or another in a game this year. That's pretty yeah. in intriguing. Number two, uh, Cole Komet sighting. Five targets, four receptions, 49 yards, made some nice grabs, made some of those tight end seam routes that makes the Kansas City offense proud. Uh, the other yeah. one is, it, for the most part, I thought, you know, the offensive line probably not its best game of the year, but continuously it's not this big, huge issue. It's not some sort of punchline that's on Twitter right now about how bad the offensive line is since that Browns game. They were pretty solid. Or my final one, Wide receivers slowly gaining a little bit more chemistry. I know it doesn't look great right now, but it's slowly kind of getting there week by week. Which of those options do you think is the most promising or the one that you want to just you want to dive into right now? You know, I'm going to say your, your guy, Cole Komet, because I know I know you've been high on him. And, uh, you know, I, I've, I've been excited for, for him to, to come out because we, we need a, a tight end and a presence over there coming across the middle and the zone beater. And, and that's what you saw in this game when he was targeted. Uh, he's able to make some big catches in there. And I think a big body like that is huge because he's a great blocker. But when you have a situation where, you know, he can beat that zone and, and be able to come come there across the middle, catch the ball, take a hit, get up, get a first down. I think that just is such a confidence builder for a guy like Justin Fields. Right. Because every good team in this league has a great tight end. And, and that's something. And he doesn't have to be Travis Kelsey. He's not, he doesn't have the speed like that, but he can be a guy like a Rob Gronkowski, you know, a, a great possession receiver, you know, that that maybe can break out when we need him to, but he's not a speedster and that's fine. You know, can, can block great. He, he's dependable. And I think he's really going to come in handy in the red zone. And I'm, I'm just waiting for them to get him some more targets in that red zone because him one-on-one -on -one against a linebacker or safety, I'll, I'll take that, you know, nine times out of 10, you know, I, I would say, Hey, you know, use your body out there on some of the outcuts, you know, some of those in cuts um, in situations, maybe have him line up as a, uh, a receiver on the end and do, do a fade route, you know, use your body to be able to get the ball. So I, I think situations like that, I think he's going to come in handy in the red zone and I'm just waiting for it. I'm, I'm waiting for that, you know, cause just for Horstead did a couple weeks ago where, Hey, he just threw it up to him. He went and got it. 
You know, I'm looking for Cole Komet to be that type of guy. Bears, two of eight on third down against the Packers in week six. I definitely think Cole Komet, the tight end position, I think that can help out in those types of situations moving forward. Justin's actually done a pretty decent job on third down. I feel like in general through, you know, his short stint so far as Bears starter, but didn't really work out in this particular game. Let's shift over to the defense. Corey, uh, this is your account, my friend. Look, they held Rodgers to under 200 yards. They allowed 5.4 yards per rush. Um, you know, what is your takeaway? And maybe we can kind of distill like this off the top. You know, what grade would you give the Bears defense in week six against the Packers? I would probably say a, uh, a C plus. Um, you know, I, I, I'm being very critical because I think, I think this game, they, they, they should have won this game. And, and I think they had a great plan for Rodgers. I think they had a great plan for Devontae Adams. They just could not stop the run. Right. And I think if, if you if you would have told me that we wouldn't have been able to stop Green Bay's run, I would say, yeah, right. You know, that, that Aaron Rodgers is going to beat us. That's how they're. But he really did not beat us. You know, he, he played he played a decent game. He didn't make turnovers. Uh, he, he, he you know, he had two touchdowns and then he ran one in. Um, but out of all the Aaron Rodgers performances against the Bears, this was like one of his. Eh, yeah, it, was, it was OK. Yeah. Right. It wasn't his finest. I thought early on they had a great plan for him. You know, those first two drives, Khalil Mack gets a sack to get off, and Robert Quinn has a sack. They're looking great. And then we see some of these chunk runs. And I think that's been the theme all year because it's been surprising because the strength of the Bears' defense has always been stuffing the run. And it just seems like we just cannot stop the run. And I think it comes down to that gap discipline. I think guys are getting out of their gaps, right? We're getting penetration. But if you're not in your gap and, you know, you have a gap and you're in B gap, but the linebacker, you know, has another gap, then two guys are in the same gap and then it leads to a breakout run. And that's been the theme this year. And I think they need to iron that out because if you're able to stop the run, it's going to make the pass rush that that much more crazy, you know, because when you can make a team one dimensional like like they have in some of these games, it's like you can pin your ears back, you can get after them. And it's going to it's going to free up those DBs, right? They're going to be able to uh, have chances to make plays on the ball, get interceptions, turnovers, batted down balls, things like that. So I just think they need to get back to the basics, the fundamentals, gap discipline and, and, and being able to shed blocks and make tackles. Too many missed tackles in this game. Right. And it's a situation where we've been talking about this for weeks. The third down the pressure is, is non-existent at times, yeah. right? And and you can't give a guy like Aaron Rodgers time to pat the ball. You know, you, you can't. You can't let him get outside the pocket like they did a few times. Remember I talked about how critical that left defensive end keeping Rodgers from going to the right side. And and some of his best passes, Devontae Adams, those, those two long with a 41-yard one, I think a 36-yard one. So when he broke outside to the right side, he gets comfortable off that. And then the situation – where after he throws that long one to Devontae Adams on the same drive, he scrambles out to the right and nobody is there to contain. And what does he do? Discount, double check on you, like the whole bit. But that's something that could have been prevented. You keep him inside the pocket and you're going to have much more success against a guy like Rodgers. So I thought they did a pretty good job. You know, when you look at the stats, when you look at everything, all things considered, Aaron Rodgers under 200 yards, uh, Devontae Adams, you know, under, under hundred yards, that's a win, you know, all, all the time, but it came down to stuffing the run and being disciplined because those plays where Devonte Adams, the two, the, you take away those two passes he caught. That's all about discipline and, and having your assignment because the one on, on the sideline, he was wide open, right? Eddie, Eddie Jackson, I, I believe was supposed to be over in the area. It was a zone. It looked like Jalen Johnson was pushing him to him and nobody was there. He's wide open. How do you let the number one receiver in the NFL wide open like that. It doesn't make any sense. So that, that's been a theme this year with the DBs, you know, the, the first week, second week, too many wide open missed assignments. You, you can't win football games like that, especially against a guy like Aaron Rodgers. He'll, he'll, he'll thread you up. And, and this is a situation where you played so well with the exception of a few couple plays here or there, right? The chunk plays, the ones that gas you, you take those away and you're looking okay. You know, Aaron Jones had a couple chunk plays. And if you take those out, you look pretty good. But they just they just need to to get back to the basics, and that, that's what it comes down to. Um, third down, dial up the blitz. It just seems every game 
I, I always say it, you know, in those situations, don't take your time with a three-man rush or a four-man rush. No, bring the pressure, bring the heat. You know, you, you have to put pressure in, even, even a guy like Aaron Rodgers, right? That pressure, you know, maybe doesn't affect him like other people. It's going to affect him. And you have to do that. You can't have a quarterback patting the ball all day because they're, they're going to thread thread the needle every time. So that that's my main criticism is, is the lack of being able to stop the run game and dialing up that blitz on, on third down. Because I think first and second down, they do a great job, you know, as a front, front four, front seven of generating that pressure. But when the third down situations, Sean Desai seems like he wants to drop more. And, you know, I think there's a balance in there. And I, But I think you have to be heavily leaned towards bringing more defenders in there, you know, on the blitz package, you know, in those situations. Because you keep too many back, they're going to pat their feet, and they're going to have all day. And, and in this league, you can't let quarterbacks do that. You can't. Can't do it. Yeah, I'm curious what the trust factor right now is with Sean Desai and the secondary specifically. It felt like at times Rodgers – when he wanted to, when he needed to make a play, he'd target Kendall Vildor, and they were able to yep. pretty much pick up something. Um, you're right with Devontae Adams. You know, fantasy fantasy leagues all over the place were like, oh, four catches for only 89 yards. Those were some of the more 80, uh, impactful 89 yards that you're really ever going to see yeah. in a football game. And when those things happen, they were drive breakers, man. And they really just – those put us on our heels at just the wrong times. Look, Eddie Jackson's taking it again in the national media, I don't really need to know if we need to also like, you know, grab a stick and start smacking that pinata either. I mean, this has been going yeah. on since week one, right? I mean, dude just either needs to get better or this is just the player that he wants to be. That is his choice. My question for exactly. you is in terms of the running game, uh, part one is does Akeem Hicks really make that big of a difference when he left? Because it felt like that's sort of when they started really struggling, you know, let yeah. those running backs get to the second level. And then conversely, you know, what is your take right now on Alec Ogletree versus Danny Trevathan? Ogletree made some plays in training camp, got off to a kind of a decent start. If you go to Pro Football Focus, he is not looked upon kindly among linebackers right now in yeah. the NFL. In my opinion, with Danny Trevathan is it's nice to have him out in the field pre-snap wise. I mean, mentally, I think he's as solid a veteran as you're ever going to find. But I felt like this started happening last year where physically you can scheme up ways to you know have him caught you know to have him be a little bit less out there where i feel like sideline to sideline maybe some of those running back plays he just doesn't have that speed anymore that lateral quickness to get to yeah. the players you know what are you seeing in that front in terms of those running backs getting to that second yeah. level? so so to answer your question first about akeem hicks i think he is the x factor in there stopping the run i i think he's one of the most valuable players on the bears and you know people say khalil mack I think he is the engine that, that runs that defense because I think his energy, his intensity, um, he's able to stuff the run, take on two defenders, free up the linebackers. I think it makes a huge difference when he's in there um, and when he's not in there. Like it's it's night and day. And um, yeah, I think he sets the tone up there. And, you know, him being banged up with that groin, that's just such a tough thing because you, you just look you just look at his his impact plays on there, you know, he's able to get the sack out there on Rodgers. Like he is just, he's, he's one of the most underrated defensive tackles in, in the game, in my, in my opinion. And I think there's a direct correlation when the linebackers have great games and when, when he's in there, I think it's, you know, they go hand in hand. And to get to your point about, um, you know, Trevathan, I think Trevathan is, is right now, right? running game, you know, go to a gap, go to B gap, come down, come downhill, stick your face in there, play the run. He's, he's still pretty dang good at that. But I agree when he has to get sideline to sideline, you know, on some of those sweet plays on, uh, you know, some of those swing screens, uh, he's able to, he's not able to cover a, a running back in space, like a guy like Ogletree. So I think they need to, to kind of mix and match like Ogletree. He can run. I think he, in situations, he needs to be, you know, more of that nickel, linebacker you know because i think he's he's a more mobile linebacker at this point i think the running game at times he kind of struggles with so i think they need to kind of mix and match them you know and run situations mm -hmm. put in trevathan you know like he's the leader out there he yeah. knows what's going on and you know he can come down he'll stick his face in there but when you get situations where he's got to run with people it's not that's not happening as much so Al ogletree is the more mobile athletic guy you need to keep in on those on those uh passing situations
Yeah, so early early downs, maybe play Trevathan heavier snaps, maybe first and second quarter, and you know what I mean? Exactly. It gets a little bit later. Hopefully you have a lead, and then you can kind of maybe use Ogletree more as they're trying to – maybe a, a, an opponent's trying to catch up to you a little bit. You know, we got a tough opponent coming up against the Buccaneers. There's really no two ways to slice it. Um, it's gonna it's gonna be difficult. You know, if you're if you're on that team right now, if you're in that locker room, I know that you're trying to look at across the Super Bowl champions coming up this week. But what are you guys looking at in house specifically that you really need to probably hone in on this week? Yeah, I think it, it comes down to stopping the run game because I think every team has has really set out to, to get the run game established. And most teams have done a great job against the Bears, which is surprising because that, that's usually something they do well. So I think st- stuff the run game. You know, you got Leonard Fournette, you got Ronald Jones, you know, coming coming into town and and they can run the football. And then, <laughs> then you look at all the weapons they have offensively, you know, Antonio Brown, Mike Evans, you know, Godwin. Then, you know, Gronk's been banged up, but you know, even with Gronk out, they still they still have a two-headed monster tight end, Cameron Brayton, OJ Howard. Okay. Yeah, great. So it's like pick your poison with it. They got five legit weapons. And if Gronk's back, they got six that, that can that can beat you at any point in the game. So I think it's so critical to, to making this team to, to knocking out that run, right? So you, so you can't make them two-dimensional. I know Tom Brady is one of the best to do it, but the Bears have had success against him. Um, you know, I think they played him well. And maybe he'll forget the, the down this year like he did <laughs> in the prior year. Well, yeah, I was going to say, uh, Khalil Mack versus Tristan Wirfs. Uh, so far, that is a matchup that Mack knows very well and has been able to dominate before in the past. If they can't, if they can't handle that, that is that adage of it doesn't matter who's you know running routes out there if you're getting to the quarterback it really doesn't matter you look at tom brady two two games that he's been really exposed against the new york giants back i I date this back to 07 and 2011 Uh both years they won it right they made tom brady look very normal and average right and how did they do that great defensive line this bears team has a great defensive line right they can be able to get after him, confuse him, bring stunts, bring pressure, uh, bring games in there. But how are you able to do that? Stopping the run game. So if they can do that, right, and then put the pressure on Tom Brady. And this is where I challenge Sean Desai this week, right? Dial up the blitz package, right? Because they have weapons and you cannot give Tom Brady time because he will carve you up like Salt Bay <laughs> cutting that steak, okay? And he'll be at the end like that. Yes, no, we don't need none of that. All right, so dial up the blitz package early. Like, bring the pressure, bring the heat, make him uncomfortable, right? Tom Brady is an older guy, right? He's still got it, but he doesn't want to take hits. No guy that's been in the league, been in the league, you know, 21, 22 years, he doesn't want to take hits, okay? So bring the pressure to him early, set the tone, stop the run, bring the blitz. That's what I want. That's what I challenge Sean Desai, right? Because on first and second down, I think we do a pretty good job of getting that pressure. In the third down situations, dial it up. Okay, let's make him uncomfortable. Let's get physical with these receivers, you know? Because early on this past week, I thought they did a great job, you know, with Devontae Adams, keeping him at bay, you know, being physical with him. You know, Jalen Johnson, I thought did a great job. Um, you know, I think those the one chunk play came down to just miscommunication between him and Eddie Jackson. That was, I, I think that was on Eddie Jackson because Jalen Johnson clearly looked like he was passing it. So, but you cannot have this type of miscommunication this week because they will put up 50 on you. It's, 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 it's Green Bay the offense and Tampa Bay is, is completely different. You know, they have way more weapons and they can put 50 on you really quickly. If, yeah. if you, if you want to play games in the secondary and, and, and not be gap disciplined and things of that nature, you cannot do that this week. Cannot. My final one for you. Let's send out in a high note. Um, Corey. Over under Thanksgiving, Jakeem Grant will have a return touchdown. I think I'm going to say over. I think he'll have one. I think he'll have at least one. I mean, he's he's close, man. He, he's I, he is close. I like it. I mean, I mean, when you trade a six round pick and you see a guy that you know gets a 19.7 million dollar extension, you're like, all right, what's the deal here? What have I been missing? I don't watch a lot of Dolphins games. Snap for snap, yeah. give me. But man, when he returns the ball. There, that's got some speed to it, and like he's got he's got a different level of juice. I know, like the Matt Nagy cute play file is just like, oh boy, I can't wait to bring him out exactly. around. But exactly. I, I'm liking it right now. I really think at some point or another, for a team with a rookie quarterback, 
I don't know, special teams making a play here or there is probably what we're going to need in the next. Oh, that, that'd be huge. And he's got five in his career. So, you know, he's capable of that. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm just waiting for him to, to get one of those on a punt return or kickoff return and and just hit that corner and go. Because he, like I said, he has a different level of burst. You see why they traded a six rounder for him. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm really surprised that Miami let him go um, because he still got it. Like, yeah, I could tell if he. I can see if he lost a step or something like that, but he, he still looks like he's got every bit of juice that he had. And, you know, I think he tore his ACL at one point in time, but he, you can't tell one bit. So um, that, that, would, that would be exciting, you know, this week against Tampa Bay to have a huge, you know, special teams play or a defensive touchdown, right? We haven't had one of those in a while. And I think this team really thrives off when, when the defense gets, gets a score because then, then it just reinvigorates this team. And, and if we can get some of those, that's what we need, because you, you don't want to rely on too many defensive takeaways, but every so often you need one to, in a big game to just, just spark up, you know? And I think if last week they could have got a defensive touchdown, I think that would have just changed the scope of the game. And I think, you know, it, it probably could have resulted in a win. I mean, you know, it's, Momentum in this league and, and and especially at home, you know, last week, I think that would have been huge, a, a big takeaway score or something like that against Aaron Rodgers. Um, but we need some of these this week. You know, it's, it's going to be a tough matchup, but I think I think this is this is a winnable game. And I think the Bears have played well, you know, against against Tom Brady. I, I think they have. Um, I think it's just going to come down to stopping that run. And then being able to pressure Brady. So Sean Desai, I need you to call your best game this week. Like this, this, this is a, a critical moment in the season right now where we need a W against a great team we're going going to this week. Call your best game. Like, don't leave anything on the table. Don't be conservative. Don't be conservative. Right. I'd rather them get beat on 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 doing some kind of blitz where you leave somebody one-on-one or something like that. I'd rather I'd rather them rather him do that than you know be fall back and you know let them complete a, a third and 15 you know what I mean so I'd, I'd rather him you know br bring the house rather than than be conservative you know in, in this situation you got to know when to do that but thir third third down let's let's dial them up yeah and that's an interesting contrast because Sean Desai I, I think he does need to call his best game next week conversely Bill Lazor probably needs to call his smartest game next week yes. to put them in a position to succeed and just in terms of those tur turnovers and, and takeaways and giveaways and yeah there's something about it where we've seen it in Chicago Bears history where if you look at our young quarterbacks who have played on teams that had successful seasons and off the top I think of Rex Grossman Kyle Orton and Mitch Trubisky and you can even go back through other times in history like a Russell Wilson in his first year a Ben Roethlisberger in his first year those rookie quarterbacks not only do they have a good defense but they had those field flippers, those field flipping moments where you just get that short field. How many times has Justin Fields? I mean, he hasn't gotten too many of those right so far. We had some turnovers in the Bengals game. We've been great on sacks so far, and we have stopped some drives with some strip sack situations. But again, next week against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and maybe what this offense needs a little bit is just one of those moments where Jakeem Grant runs the ball back. Maybe we get a pick or something. One of those field flippers, man, where all of a sudden now he just needs a couple first downs and he's on the goal line. You know what I mean? And exactly. punch it in. And, and, man, would that galvanize and give confidence to that offense? Man, of course, if the defense comes up with it, they're going to feel pretty good about themselves. I don't know. Maybe we're maybe we're tiptoeing around one of our keys, one of our keys for a Bears win against the Buccaneers. Court. I know, I know. We, we can't, we can't, we can't dive into it too much because that that's for the later episode. <laughs> the later episode. Before we get out of here, on believing Bears. Uh, off topic, man. Uh, over under forty two point five wins for the Bulls this year. Ooh, I'm gonna say over. I, yeah. I, I, I like, I like, I like their lineup right now. You know, I think that I think they they got a good thing going. They got Zach Zach Levine Ball. Um, they got what's his name from uh Mar DeRozan. Blank. Uh Mar DeRozan, yeah. Vucevic, they signed they brought yeah. in Russo, they redid their bench. It's it's a whole whole exactly. Yeah, I like that because Zach Levine's needed need another scorer next to him, and DeRozan is that guy. So yeah, I I look for them to get to get a lot more wins this year. You know, I think I think it's gonna be a pretty good Chicago Bulls season and the sky won the championship. So 
Yeah, that's that's huge for City. So, hey, I, I don't know if they'll go back to back, you know, at WNBA to NBA, but I think they'll have a good season this year. Hey, if we get over 42 wins with the Chicago Bulls, I it's it's been that that bad for so long that I think we can say hoops is back in Chicago. The Chicago Sky will carry us with the, with the gold, with the trophy, but if the Bulls can somehow get back in the playoffs, man, we're going to be pumped and get ready Bulls fans for, you know, clicking on the TV at maybe the fourth quarter and it's 127-124 here in the fourth quarter. You know what I mean? They're going to give them a lot right? of points. They're going to score a lot of points too as well. So Exactly. I, I, I'm pumped for it, Corey. Uh, today's episode of Believe in Bears was brought to you by BetOnline.ag. 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit when you use promo code BLEAV. That's Believe. Make sure you guys check that out. Thank you so much for listening to this pod. Coming back, quick turnaround time. No rest, no rest for the wicked on this one. You know, we got a loss. We got to find ourselves a win against the Buccaneers in week seven. Till then, Corey, take us home on another great pod, man. Yep. Yeah, great pod, man. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram, Facebook at Corey Wooten, C-O-R-E-Y-W-2-O-2-T-O-N. Joey told me so uh, last week. He said the Packers were going to get the win. <sighs> I hate, hate that he was right. I hate that he was right. But I'm, I'm hoping he'll be wrong this week or or right possibly if he's, if he's picking the Bears this week. Um, I, I think I, I, I think it's going to be a tough game this this week. But we're going to break down. We're going to give you all the keys, the recipes. We're going to give you the we're going to give you the dinner menu, how to beat the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. So we're going to dive into that uh, on Thursday, I believe Thursday morning. We'll we'll have that live for you guys. So we're looking forward to it. We're going to break it down, give you the keys, how to beat Tom Brady and the lethal weapons at wide receiver and tight end. So we, we're going to get into that. Uh, another great podcast. Appreciate it. Appreciate, appreciate you guys' support. Um, comment, like, subscribe. Uh, lo- love doing this with Joey, and it's been a lot of fun, man. Dude, I love doing it with you too as well, and uh, thank you so much for listening to this pod. Uh, be well, be safe. Please be good to each other. Uh, Joey Sports Guy, Instagram, Twitter. Uh, guys, bear down, all right? We lost this one against the Packers. It's time to turn around real quick, so just – Grab yourself, put your seatbelt on for those bumps in the road. Bear down. We'll see you soon. (laughs) (laughs) All the whiplash, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.